We just finished a series on our core values, the things that really matter here to us because they matter to God and what, what those things are and what it looks like for us to pursue those together. And I want to encourage you if, you, if you missed any of that or don't know what I'm talking about at all, to, to go back and listen to those messages on the website at thelight.org. Um, and that really connects and feeds into this question tonight that I want to address. Why are we here? What has God called us to? Um, and I think that we really need to see this front and center um, because if we don't, we'll get caught up in um, the details, but we'll miss the big picture. Um, and in getting caught up in the details, we can either be distracted or we can be uh, maybe running around in circles. And, uh, or um, we can, if we, don't, if we lose sight of the why, we can easily, um, we can easily disconnect from, from what God's doing here. Or things can happen um, because uh, church doesn't always go the way we want it to. Things can happen, and we can be like, well, I didn't like that, and so maybe I'm, I'm just not going to be a part of that anymore. Or uh, maybe you're just like, eh, I don't know what's going on here, but um, I wish it was the way it used to be kind of thing. And I really believe God is actually wanting to prepare us for uh, what's ahead, and there's going to be things that um, aren't the way they used to be. Um, and so in order for us to be ready for that, in order for us to step into it, I believe we need to constantly be um, reminding ourselves of the why. Because everything we do really needs to be filtered through that. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what our mission is. Um, I, I don't know how many of you know what our mission is, so this might be a good time for us to really just um, look at that full view. And um, uh, in the coming days that we would actually hold ourselves accountable and remind ourselves of this mission. Because I believe the Light Church has a unique call and purpose in God. Uh, the church has, um, has a central mission to, to make disciples of all nations. That's the great co-mission. That's for everyone. But what does that look like for us here in this city, in this place, with the people we have? Um, so I want to I just share what that mission is, and I want to talk about um, what it looks like for us. So it's really, in some ways, simple, um, but as we'll come to understand it, it it's, it's actually deep. And it's, it's a journey that um, really I don't believe we'll ever fully accomplish, and, and I think that's a good thing. Um, our mission here is uh, to extend the love of Jesus, to see greater wholeness in our city and beyond this place. I'm going to say that again. Our mission here, the Light Church, is to extend the love of Jesus, to see greater wholeness in our city and in our world. Sounds pretty simple, right? Sounds good. Doesn't that sound good? Extending the love of Jesus to see wholeness in Baltimore and beyond and beyond. I can't help but think of Buzz Lightyear. He would be proud. Um, I want to read this passage, and I want to break down a few things that I think are central to this mission that we're on together. And I, I believe that as we understand better what this mission is and what it really looks like for us to be going after this, I think it'll actually begin some things that God has already been doing and will do will begin to make more sense to us. 
I believe, you know, because the truth is church is not about you and it's not about me. Can I say that again? In the most loving way possible. Church is not about you and it's not about me. Like this church, you're part of it and you're an important part of it. I hope you know that. But it's ultimately not about you and it's not about me. It's about God. It's about what he wants to do. He called us to be his church and he's called us to something. And it's not to actually coming and just enjoying ourselves. I think a lot of the church has kind of missed that message. But in order for us to... Um, to know what he wants to do. We need to know what our mission is. All right, so I want to read this passage. Without further ado, you guys are sitting on the edge of your seat. I keep saying I'm going to read it. You're like, when is he going to read it? Because we're running out of time. All right, we're going to read it. Mark 5, okay? The whole thing. No, not the whole thing. Mark 5, starting in verse 1. We're going to read all the way through. Verse 20, okay, a little bit. It says this. It says, They went across the lake to the region of the... Uh, anybody know what that... No, okay. Of the... Yeah. Um, Jesus got out of the boat. Thank you. Thank you. We got to work on this. The, we got a new projector, and apparently the wall cannot contain it. Um, we got to work on that. We'll figure it out for next week. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Not a good situation. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, do not torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area, the demons. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs, the herd about to thousand in number rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. This is pre-New Covenant, so hence sending the impure spirits into the pigs because bacon was not ready to be eaten yet. Sorry, okay, I had to. All right, um, those tending the pigs ran off. So don't, I'm just saying, don't get too sad for the pigs. Their purpose had not fully been revealed. Um, Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town. That was my first point. And countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And they were excited. No, they weren't. 
Does your Bible say that? Because my Bible doesn't say that. That's what I would expect it to say. But what does it say? They were afraid. Interesting. They weren't even sad because the bacon was gone. They were afraid. <laughs> That's the last bacon joke of us. <laughs> Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Interesting. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed naturally wanted to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Good story, right? Love that story. Most of it, right? Most of it. I want to say this story, um, I don't know about you, but it feels kind of far out there. But I want to say that this story, um, to me, it gives me a target, something to aim for, something to desire, something to believe God for. See, if you don't read this book, and read stories of things that you haven't seen, but you want to see, <laughs> you're missing out. If you read this book and you read the stories in it and you say, you know, that was nice back then, you're missing the point. We don't have a back then kind of God. We have a here and now God. We have I am I might preach tonight, okay? I'm, uh, I'm a little fired up. I've been holding on to these things for two weeks. <laughs> I didn't get to preach last week. They wouldn't let me over in California. Anyway. Um, I read this story, and it's a target. It's a picture of what God is capable of. It's a picture of the, the reaches of the love of God that goes so much further than you and I are even maybe ready for. Do you think the disciples were pumped about this boat ride? Jesus, um, can we go past this spot? There's a good fishing hole over there that we know about. So now we're going here. Uh, Jesus, do you know who's, who's on this island? I don't know if it was an island, but do you know who's here? Yeah, I see him coming towards us. <laughs> yeah, he, he's been expecting us. He's been waiting for us. Maybe not you guys, but he's been waiting for me, so we're going to go here. I don't know about you, but I, I wouldn't have been ready for that boat ride. Jeez, we're going to stay on the boat, make sure it doesn't float away. You go for it. Do your thing. <laughs> We're back here encouraging you. We're praying on the boat. (laughs) Here's this man. The people didn't know what to do with him. The people didn't know how to help him. The people didn't know the answer to his problems. 
so they tried to put him away. The chains couldn't even hold him. The chains couldn't hold the things that were enslaving him. And Jesus shows up. Like a boss. Can I say that? Can I say that? Is that all right? That he just, I mean, can you imagine that scene? He just steps on and he's like, come on, come over here. Not, not, you know, not just like, like a boss, but with love in his heart. Like this is a picture of Jesus' eyes burning with compassion. And I love the picture here because we need this picture of Jesus. And we need to see the world and the brokenness in its right place. You see, because the demons knew who was stepping out of the boat. And so they begged for mercy. Because Jesus is a boss. <laughs> He's the boss. They didn't have a choice. <laughs> they knew who he was. This is what they said. They said, it's in here somewhere. Oh, that's, what, that's why it's on the previous page. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? They knew who he was. And they did the math. And they knew they couldn't stay there. So the only thing from that point was, okay, let's negotiate a new place. <laughs> so that maybe Jesus will actually, you know, um, send us somewhere. Okay. I don't, I don't understand that whole part. Okay. The pigs. But they knew they couldn't stay there because Jesus was there. And so they just begin planning their exit strategy. <laughs> Can you, can you give us a, a comfy place that just says, sure, where do you want to go? The pigs. Okay, good. All right, go with the pigs. See you later. This is what I want to say tonight as it relates to the mission of the Light Church. I believe that God is bringing us into a place, and, and we've been walking with him in this, where... Uh, you know, the love of Jesus is what changes things. I know that seems simple. I know it might seem obvious, but the, it's the love of Jesus that changes things. And we've said here that we are committed to loving people thoroughly and continually because that's the thing that brings change. The love of Jesus changes things, not rules and regulations, and certainly not chains. The rules could not help this guy, and the chains could not help this guy. It's the love of Jesus that changes things. We believe that here, and that's why we take seriously that call. To continue to love the people in this room and to continue to love the people around us. To continue to love whoever God puts in front of us.
because it's the love of Jesus that changes things. And we're walking in that, and we're beginning to see it. Amen? Yeah, those of you, that's what we do sometimes instead of amen. You can do this if you're not comfortable with it. Amen? That's our code. And we believe that it's the love of Jesus that will bring wholeness. I'm talk about that word wholeness for a minute. I believe wholeness is not a state that you arrive at, but I believe it's a journey. It's a journey, it's a process of becoming more like Jesus. It's a process of becoming more the person that God created you to be, the person that's been um, maybe hidden and, um, and skewed and reshapen by the world that we live in, by sin, by um, all kinds of brokenness. See, I believe God, because he's a redeemer, he's in the process, and he desires for every single one of us to be brought back to what he created us for, who he created us to be. That's our identity. And we believe that here. See, I believe actually the church has settled for much less than what God sees and envisions for, um, for our lives and for the lives of every single person in this world. Wholeness. What does that look like? See, I believe the church is actually saying, you know, there's some people we can't help. There's some people that are too far gone, that are beyond um, our ability to see change, and maybe even God's. This was one of those guys. This was one of those guys. That's why he was here. They did not know what to do with him. Have you ever met anybody like that? Don't raise your hand. You're like, my roommate is like that. No, no, they're not. I remember one time meeting this guy who came into our church a few years ago. And um, he he obviously had a lot weighing on him. He had a lot, um, you could just tell he had a lot going on. And most of it wasn't good. And I remember... um, feeling like I just didn't know how to help him. And we met up a few times, and I prayed for him, and we, I tried to encourage him. And, um, and I just felt like the stuff he was going through was bigger than me, bigger than what I had an answer for. And I wanted to believe that God could bring change in his life, but honestly, I just I didn't have the faith for it. And, you know, he didn't stay around our church that long. I remember thinking after he left, God, is, is it possible that there are people that you just can't reach? Or is it possible that there's people that the church just can't reach? And, and if so, what do we do with that? Are we supposed to be okay with it? I believe that over the past few years, God's been bringing clarity that the answer is a definitive no. There's no one beyond his reach. Do we believe that? Amen. I believe we're starting to, yes. I believe we are, and it's more than just some individuals. I believe we're starting to believe it together. That's an awesome 
an exciting thing. But it's also a scary thing. It's also a messy thing. See, I believe when we pursue this call to see wholeness relentlessly, it's going to get messy. It's messy. Like loving people unconditionally is messy. Are you with me? If you haven't experienced the mess of that, you might not be loving people. (laughs) Again, just try not to think about specific names. (laughs) It's messy. And I want to say this call, this mission that we're on, it is messy. The pursuit of wholeness is messy. See, I believe the church thinks that our goal, and if we talk about wholeness, some people think that it's the idea of getting somebody cleaned up. And then everything's okay. See, I believe that there's mess in the pursuit of wholeness. And then actually, uh, when someone experiences freedom, it may actually get more messy. Are you with me? See, I think that's why the people were afraid here. Because they didn't want to deal with this guy. They were like, we're fine with them being over there. Like, they didn't even have joy in their hearts when he was in his right mind and clothed. They were afraid. Because they said, oh, now we have to deal with him. And they didn't even know how to start. The pursuit of wholeness is messy. Are we okay with that? Not just in theory, but in reality. Are we okay with moments where God interrupts us with somebody that's just a mess? Do we turn our love off, try to walk away, send them to somebody else? See, I believe like we're actually, we're already experiencing some of this. And so I really believe that part of this message is addressing some of those feelings that are already in our hearts. See, I think if you want, if we want church to be this like really predictable thing, if we want um, to go somewhere, sing a few songs, hear a good word and go home, this is not going to be the place. In case you didn't already know, <laughs> Don't, probably only the people who haven't been here but a few weeks might, might, if you were here last week, you probably figured it out already. <laughs> it's a little unpredictable when you start walking with God. Did you realize that? It's a little messy. Both the pursuit of this thing and then actually as God begins to reveal it. You know, when, when the disciples began to follow Jesus, things got crazier for them. Do you realize that? They got more exciting, but they got more crazy. So, um, this call, it's, it's a little scary. I'll be honest, like, I, I think in the last, I don't know, I don't know how many months, there's, I can't, I, I can tell you, I can't count how many times I've been uncomfortable. I've been afraid. I've just been like, God, what are you going to do next? No, don't tell me. <laughs> just keep it to yourself. 
Are we ready for that? Are you ready to come in this place? And because, because people are starting to come and realize that it's a safe place, are you, are you willing to be inconvenienced by people's mess? And not walk away? I think the, that's what God's looking for here. And it goes back to the why. Because we're not here. We're not here to just feel good. And we're not here to have things go the way we expect them to go. And we say, hold on. Are you guys with me in this? I can feel it. I'm not, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. And that's our call. And you know what? I believe we're just crazy enough to go there. You see, I, I think that, um, you know, in this room, maybe um, we're just full in it, foolish enough to, to believe that it's possible. See, because God is, is not looking for people who have it all together and have it all figured out. Amen. He's looking for people that will say yes. God will want to go with you on that boat ride even when it's a little scary. Even when you're taking us to some islands that we, we don't feel like we're ready for. Or you're bringing people that we don't feel like we have an answer for. You know what the good news is? You're not called to, to um, figure everything out. And that's why it goes back to love. What do you do when you don't have an answer for somebody? You don't know how to fix their problems when, when um, you just can't solve the puzzle. You love them. Yay. <laughs> Relief. <laughs> but difficult, right? You see the tension there? Jesus is the one that's going to bring change in their life. Jesus is the one who's bringing change in your life. You don't have to solve the puzzle of your life either. You just have to let God love you. It's hard sometimes. Starting at home. It's hard sometimes because we know ourselves very well. Don't we? But God's like, I got a different view. Would you let me in? Would you let my love in? Some of us, we've been hearing, I'm kind of departing here, but I just feel like we need to um, address this. Some of us, before we can love somebody else, we got to let God love us. That's a simple, but there's weight to that word. And it's not a one-time thing. See, we can't extend the love of Jesus until we felt the love of Jesus. Some of us think there's some things in our heart that God can't look at and love us anyway. And he's like, he's got the boat set on full speed right to the island where you're at. To love you into wholeness.
to free you so that you can love others in the same way. It starts and ends with the love of Jesus. Do we believe that even in our own lives, bringing it here, that there's more to the story than what we've known? There's deeper grace, mercy, and love for us than what we've counted ourselves worthy of? If you don't believe that, you don't have hope for that, it's because you don't see Jesus for who he really is right now. But that's who he really is. That's what's in his heart. That's what is freely given to you through his life. He went all the way so that you would know that. So we're here to first let God love us. And as we encounter that again and again and again and again, to share it. And, it, and God is going to stretch us. He's stretching us in that. He's stretching us to believe that his love is bigger than we think for ourselves. And as we begin to encounter that, you know what? We might just have hope and belief for the person next to us that is true for them too. Just receive that. <laughs> Maybe you need to release <laughs> what you've been holding on to. This isn't just a mission statement. This is life in God. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that last week um, we had Darby here and he shared some words. I really believe that um, God is bringing us into some of that in, in a new way. <clears throat> some of that being hearing from him in, in, in more direct and, and pointed and powerful ways. Um, and, w- and when I say that, um, the prophetic is one of the ways that God wants to speak today. And I believe the church is called to really embrace it. Paul prayed that we would um, all embrace it. Um, This may sound like a departure, but it's not, because I believe it's directly connected to this mission. Um, The prophetic, I believe what it does is it, it helps release who we really are in God and how he really feels about us. And it's the way that we get to partner with him in calling each other into his purpose and plan. And the purpose and plan that he has for your life, it's directly connected to the purpose and plan that he has for humanity. It's directly connected to the ushering in of his kingdom, as Vincent shared with us. It's directly connected to seeing wholeness manifest. 
And so I believe God is actually going to walk us into more of that so that we can actually be equipped to know who we are in God, to know, be confident in his love for us and be confident in his love for the people around us. So I'm excited for that. I have some things that I'm, I'm thinking about and praying into for that, and we'll talk more about it. But I just want to let you know that last week wasn't an accident, and I actually gave Darby permission. Okay, he wasn't, I know I said he was the crazy uncle coming and throwing a party, but I actually gave him permission to be the crazy uncle for you guys last week. 